Hello. Love Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Home Green Home Podcast. I am Izumi Tanaka. I'm a green realtor in Los Angeles, and I'm a host of the show. Uh, today, I have a guest, Nick, Gra- Nick Brown. He has over 20 years of experience in building materials and a passion for green building acquired from his time in the field observing how homes are built. He holds an economics degree in Princeton and Michigan MBA, and he's certified to perform energy modeling for California Title 24 compliance. Nick and his lovely wife, Holland, who is also passionate about living sustainably, purchased a home in 2013 in Long Beach for them and two young daughters and renovated to be a truly green home that they call Net Zero Nest. So, Nick, I am so glad to have you. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> I am so I, I'm so glad we, we finally made it work. <laughs> so yes. um, I'm just gonna yeah, I'm so I'm so excited. So tell me about the genesis of your net zero nest. What prompted you in Holland to create this green home for your family? Sure. And I think people come to green building for many different reasons. Uh, Some of us to save money on our utility bills, others of us to have more healthy indoor environments. Some of us speak for environmental reasons. Um, In our case, I was, I've been in building materials for about 20 years, and when I visited job sites, I saw construction happening the same way as it always has. I call it the rewind and press play method of building homes. And there's logical reasons for why the building industry tends to cling to what they know works. They've got a ton of liability in every building they build. Um, And so I understand sort of why things happen that way. But as we dug into the technologies and systems that were available to build homes today, as I researched how to make my building products more sustainable, more energy efficient, uh, and and I took a class at Cal State Long Beach with my wife on, on green building, boy, probably 10 years ago now, As we did all that and learned more, things about our house started to bother us more and more. We started to notice the glaring energy-wasting sections of it. We started to feel the poor comfort on the second floor that wasn't well insulated in summer. We also started to notice parts of the house we used rarely and really wanted to demonstrate that taking an older home and remodeling it to be efficient and function as a cutting edge, high performance home was possible, was cost effective. And we wanted to share the process with others so that they could hopefully draw on our experience and, and have to do a little less research, invest a little less time in figuring out how to do it. 
Hmm. That's amazing. So when you say the house that you're talking about, that's the house that you guys lived before your current residence, right? That's right. Yeah. So I remember you telling me how you um, looked for a smaller home when you decided to do this. So you were living in one home already in Long Beach and, and you, you started to see those things that were not necessarily efficient. So you decided to go ahead and find another home and renovate. So when you were looking for, um, to buy, what were the kind of things that uh, you were looking for um, so that you guys can make this a really sustainably designed, healthy home? Yeah. We were looking for indoor-outdoor living, a a lot Mm -hmm. that was conducive to some patio spaces, and we ended up putting a patio in the front and the rear of the house. Um, mm-hmm. We were looking for orientation to the sun so that we could use passive solar shading on the south side uh, mm-hmm. so that we could have a light and light uh, indoor environment without using a lot of electric lighting so that mm-hmm. we have access to solar power because uh, mm-hmm. obviously south and I'd add west-facing roof spaces is optimal for producing solar power. And mm-hmm. we were looking for a, a layout that was conducive to a three-bedroom, two- to three-bath space with, with fewer square footage than we had, but similar functions. So we were looking for some mm-hmm. of our space to serve double time as, for mm-hmm. instance, an office, a uh, place to watch movies, uh, and a guest room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so your house you originally had was how big? It was four bedroom, 2,700 square feet. Mm-hmm. And currently what you have is smaller, right? We're now in a three bedroom plus an office, so very similar. Mm-hmm. 1,950 square feet, and I'd like to think it accomplishes all the same functions as that larger house did with none Mm -hmm. of the spaces in the house feeling underutilized. Right, right. And so tell me about some of the resources you brought in to realize this dream house. You know, you, you... you hired an architect. You did you have trouble finding the right kind of contractors or any other any other specific uh, technologies or resources that you um, looked for to get this done? Yeah, that's a perceptive question. You you understand the challenges associated with green building, mm-hmm. Azumi, and asking that question. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel that the industry is not sufficiently on board, advanced, comfortable with these high-performance ways of building yet. And so a homeowner wishing to, to do a project like this um, can't count on finding a general contractor who shares their 
goals 100% who can mm-hmm. drive it from start to finish. Now, you right. might get lucky, and I certainly <laughs> know a few around mm-hmm. California who absolutely could drive the project start to finish, but in most cases, mm-hmm. homeowners need to be in the driver's seat for, for many reasons. Um, one, they need to enforce their their requirements with subcontractors who show up on the job who've been hired by the general contractor builder and maybe don't know the full story that this house needs to be properly air sealed or this house needs to not use high VOC coatings and adhesives because we're trying to keep uh, the indoor air quality uh, exceptional. So Mm -hmm. I I start by saying um, if you're going to do something like this, don't plan to uh, abdicate responsibility to the professionals you bring in. Um, Mm. But we found an architect who had a European sensibility around space. So Mm -hmm. our bathrooms tend to be very efficient with in-wall toilet tanks, for instance, that takes the Mm -hmm. toilet up off the floor and and uses Mm -hmm. probably five to 10 fewer square feet um, Mm -hmm. and accomplishes all the functions you need out of a bathroom, but in a smaller space. And and also we have a great room concept that we settled on that that puts the living room, dining and kitchen all in under one roof without walls Mm -hmm. separating it. Um, So it took an architect like that to make our, to realize our vision of more, more, uh, the space, more performing multiple duties uh, and getting more out of smaller space. And then we went looking for that general contractor who would share our vision and, um, you know, ended up interviewing a few people and and ended up hiring someone who was a capable builder, but we knew we were going to serve that function of being the Mm. advocate for the green building portion of the project. Uh, He was highly capable, but he he admitted he was looking forward to learning through our project, some of these higher performance systems Mm -hmm. and assemblies. Um, So that, that was our, that was our team, and we had a design meeting early on with those team members uh, so that we all got on the same page so they knew what they were bidding so that they could ask their subcontractors for specific requirements that were part of our project that may not be the norm. And then we mm-hmm. insisted on on once a week or at least once every other week meetings with the architect and the GC on the job site to make sure we stayed on track. And, you know, they were, they weren't always uh, appreciating the need to drive down to Long Beach for those meetings. (laughs) But I, yeah. Yeah. But I think if you ask them, they, they admit that it was completely worthwhile to make sure we were on the same page communicating well and meeting deadlines for choosing fixtures and systems and such so that the project could be efficiently performed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how difficult was it for you to find those people, the architects 
who is knowledgeable and willing to do this type of project and or and the GCs like was it I know you mentioned that especially with GC there's only a few who can do it but you know the ones that haven't been doing this green building and how difficult was it for you to get them on board well I would say finding architects with the sustainability sensibility isn't hard mm-hmm. in San Fr- in mm-hmm. Southern California at all. It, okay. Because that tends to be in the value system of, of many architects. And architects that I know often tell me, gosh, I wish I had more clients who shared my mm-hmm. interest in sustainability. Unfortunately, many of them seem more focused on, you know, adding a family room or a second story and, and the space uh, rather than the the method of building. Mm-hmm. So architect, I wouldn't say is overly hard here. Um, okay. And general contractor, like I said, uh, um, there was, there was one who absolutely got it. He ended up being too busy and, and we went with another one because we're on a tight mm-hmm. time frame. Mm-hmm. But I would think in most markets you could find a person like that. Uh, and the, the number of general contractors who can build this way is growing all the time. Uh, I, I certainly feel like at, at cocktail parties, the, the size of the, the pie that is focused <laughs> on global warming and sustainability yeah. continues to grow every year, Yeah, at least yeah. in Southern California. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. So, and then yeah. you, I think you mentioned um, you had the Edison to do some kind of a collaboration or cooperation. What yeah, was this role? was five years ago. This was five mm-hmm. years ago. And so at the time they were pretty comfortable with building new homes that had solar panels that had uh super tight envelopes and super insulated envelopes and lower energy load as a result, but they weren't mm-hmm. very, they didn't have much experience with remodels that had the same goals. Mm-hmm. And, and we, yeah, both to keep the dollars low and to prove it could be done. We were trying to find a property that didn't require scraping the lot and starting mm-hmm. over we were trying mm-hmm. to keep the bones because in the end that's sustainable building in a, in a way of thinking to be yeah. able to salvage what's there and not start over right. and waste right. all those resources and send them to the landfill. So um, Edison helped us by saying, Hey, we like what you're doing. Here's an energy modeler who can help you evaluate various items for the project and determine exactly mm. where the, where your money's best spent on those upgrades mm. be, because we wanted this house to be net zero that was a useful right. goal we thought and mm-hmm. uh so this energy consultant Vera Energy out of Stockton helped us make those design decisions that would get us to net zero oh wow wow so that was provided by the Edison, by the Southern California Edison sent sent the energy 
modeler to you? Right, right. And okay. and we've furnished our energy usage data to Edison for the past mm. four years uh, so oh. that they have that in their database to study. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. We've also hosted multiple events at the house, as you know, Azumi, uh, right. for yeah, for training of of architects, training of appraisers. Um, we also had open houses for the general public to mm-hmm. uh, learn more about how we were building the house. So yeah. uh, Edison, I think, got some benefit out of it that way. Oh, that's great! And and um, I remember you also had uh, local kids come through, right? Yeah, we had a. Are you talking about the tour group from Japan? No, the school kids, like uh, like middle school. Oh, the school, school kids. Well, uh, great school, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so the the really Rogers easy. Middle School. Huh? <laughs> you really, you really um, took advantage of your project to really educate a lot of different kinds of people. You know, including the right. kids and the, you know, I think that's remarkable. So, so it's been what, so uh, five years now since you've completed the project or completed right. your home. <laughs> and tell me, tell me what's the the best part of living in this home? What's the greatest um, benefit? Well. It's an incredible luxury and privilege to be able to remodel your house the way we did. We recognize that. We recognize Mm -hmm. that not every family has the ability to do what we did. Um, But when you can, when you, you know, in our case, we worked hard and saved for 20 years to be able to do this. And Mm -hmm. when you can, it's an incredible feeling to know that the home is designed for your family's lifestyle. Uh, you know exactly what went into it. You know the design mm-hmm. decisions. You have a certain level of confidence in how it was put together and how it's supposed to function. And it, it fits your family like a glove, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's nice. But it's incredibly mm-hmm. satisfying to know that we're producing our own energy on the roof for large parts of the day we're not interacting mm-hmm. with the power grid at all that the natural gas power plant down the street that, that we can see if, when we go for a walk, isn't, mm-hmm. isn't um, producing emissions in order to power our house for large parts mm-hmm. of the day. Um, yeah. So that's incredibly satisfying. It's also incredibly satisfying that we've had four years in a row where we had zero electric bill. (laughs) Yeah, because we sized the solar array to our load, even sized it to cover the gas usage. And Mm. we charge an electric vehicle in the garage with the excess that that the solar panel produce. Uh, Mm. So even the car we can think of as, as operating on sunlight in a, in a way of thinking. Yeah. So I would say those lifestyle issues and the financial issues and the environmental aspects are what are most rewarding. Well, that about covers everything, (laughs) right? About, 
living yeah. in a home. But so it's been yeah. five years. And if you were to do this again, what would you do it differently? Yeah, we chose to build this house as a mainstream demonstration project. So we weren't looking to spend money on items that might not be practical in a lot of similar homes. Mm-hmm. And one of the main that's, decisions that's we bad. made, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, one of those main decisions was running three of our end uses off natural gas. Uh, mm. That is clothes drying, water heating, and space heating. Mm. Most homes in California run those three end uses off gas with the addition of cooktops. We chose an induction mm-hmm. cooktop and are, com- and are thrilled with our decision. We love, we love it. But we right. chose gas for the other uses because it's economical. Uh, and if I had it to do all over again, I would have looked harder at all electric options mm. for those other three end uses. And, and really the technology has become much more prevalent and proven even in the five years since we did our project. Oh, I'm yeah. talking about, yeah, I'm talking about ductless mini split heat pumps that move mm. the air, move the heat in refrigerant lines instead of in duct work in the hot attic. Uh, I'm talking about mm. heat pump water heaters, uh, mm-hmm. which are all electric and don't require combustion of gas. And I'm talking about heat pump or electric clothes dryers. So that's the main thing I would redo. The, mm. But I, I'd like to mention one other, and that's mm-hmm. uh, it, for indoor air quality. We we gave that a lot of thought. And we built a little mud closet at the front door so you can take off your shoes and hang up your backpack rather than tracking those outdoor pollutants in. And even in a temperate environment like Long Beach, we operate the house with the building envelope closed a lot of the time, either because Mm -hmm. the outdoor air isn't that clean or there's forest fires or skunk has just walked by. Um, or we're just concerned with keeping energy use down. Um, mm-hmm. so, so we accomplish fresh air introduction to the house using two through-the-wall supply fans that are filtered. Mm-hmm. And that's a nice upgrade from exhaust-only ventilation, which is what most typical new homes in, in Southern California use. Usually mm-hmm. they just run a bathroom fan constantly. But I would have gone another step further if I had it to do over again and installed a heat recovery ventilator that mm-hmm. recovers. Yeah, it it recovers some of the uh, conditioned air's temperature in the incoming air, uh, so it reduces heating and cooling energy use, and oh, it's wow. even more filtered and distributed better throughout your house because it's either Mm. uh, bolted onto your ductwork of your central system or it's independently ducted. So I would have, I would have upgraded in that area as well. Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah. In the five years, things have, have become much more available. Do you think that cost is coming down as well? Yeah. So much so that, my house 
is very similar to the 2019 Title 24 Energy Code House that's going mm. to be built all over the state starting in 2020. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities. So it, it's amazing to think that what was a demonstration project five years ago uh, mm-hmm. is now almost code standard already. That's that's quick turnaround. Yeah, it's it's very hopeful. Do you mind sharing how much it costs to get this renovation done, like in terms of per, per square footage? No, I don't mind. I, I feel like you can't talk about a project like this and ignore cost or gloss over it. Right. Um, yeah. So we found a house that was that needed a little TLC. It's a, it was a wonderful mm-hmm. house when we bought it. We mm-hmm. we bought it from the second owner, and it was built in mm-hmm. the 50s. So it had been really mm-hmm. well cared for and wonderfully designed. It just needed some reconfiguration. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, needless to say, we needed a house if we were going to put a lot of money into it that needed a little TLC or we couldn't have afforded it. And mm-hmm. this was a time when it was a, it was a seller's market. There wasn't a lot on, yeah. of inventory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we jumped at this one. We're lucky to get it. And then we put about $250,000 into it. Mm-hmm. That's a huge sum. And as I said, we, mm-hmm. we had to save 20 years to come up with it. But, <laughs> but um, you know, there are mortgage products and that can help you mm-hmm. raise that mm-hmm. money and, and roll it into yeah. your mortgage. But, but we really, we didn't scrape the lot, but we opened up every wall cavity and super insulated, including an entirely new cladding system with rigid foam R4 under the stucco, what we call high-performance walls. And we chose mm-hmm. upgrades to the HVAC efficiency that we're really glad we did, uh, cool roof, roof tile that, that reflects the heat in summer, and, and upgraded fiberglass windows that are mm-hmm. highly efficient. So... It was a considerable upgrade, including air sealing. Uh, so yeah. at about $125 a square foot, um, mm. I, th- I think we were fortunate to do it for that. And I think now, five years later, the building trades are, are quite a bit busier than they were when we did our project. So labor costs are up from when we did our project, mm. but material right. costs probably are, are down about the same amount. Mm-hmm. I just so add one more note on cost, Azumi. Yeah. One more okay. note on cost is that of that money we spent, about mm-hmm. the last about the last thirty to forty thousand dollars was the upgrade from code minimum to net zero. Mm-hmm. And I think many families would make that choice if they if they were presented with it in that, Mm -hmm. in those terms. Um, but unfortunately it's hard. It takes a lot of work to get it into those terms, to evaluate all those upgrades, do the energy modeling and figure out what the impact of each feature is uh, and put it in those terms. And I, I try to do that for my clients. I'm an energy consultant by trade now. Um, Mm -hmm. but I, 
but I think that's one of the hurdles to building this way, just information mm-hmm. and analysis. Yeah. What do you think it would take for, like, general public or, you know, general homeowners that are not necessarily in the high-end realm, like, you know, where people who are just living in three-bedroom homes, you know, that's like 2,000 square foot or 2,500 square foot. I mean, is there any um, suggestion you may have? Okay. Um, Do you have any? Yeah, go ahead. What's it going to (laughs) take? Yeah. Yeah, what is it going to (laughs) take? Yeah, well, this is, this building industry is a battleship that does not turn on a dime, and <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna take a lot of well designed training in order to mm-hmm. bring designers and trades and and builders um, along to understand the benefits to take away the fear factor of liability and litigation from doing anything yeah. different. Uh, but here's, here's, I think the absolute key that's going to help, uh, transform the industry, not overnight, but eventually I think it's health and indoor air quality. Let me tell you why. Mm -hmm. When we build our homes to be energy efficient with air sealed envelopes and superior insulation, and we install the right mechanical ventilation systems, bringing in the precise right amount of fresh air for the family to uh, be confident that they're living healthily. When we do Mm. that, we have real impact on their lives, on their health, how often they get sick, and on their cognitive performance, how they function, whether it's in their home office or when yeah. they leave for work in the morning after having slept in that bedroom that's properly ventilated and and not doused with VOCs. So I think as an industry, we've been missing that message. And it mm. pairs so well with the message of low utility bills and smaller footprint. Yeah. I and think it can exactly. turn the key with many families. Right. Well, it's up to us to spread the word. I think we're running out of time, but you, we can learn about your home at netzeronest.com. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. So anybody can go look at the website and learn more about what he did. And again, this is Izumi Tanaka with Home Green Home Podcast. And you can find me at homegreenhomes.com. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much, Nick, for your time. I'm so glad you're doing this, Izumi. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.